On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. Sip on the go with a Starbucks iced shaken espresso. Our signature roast, shaken with ice, then finished with a splash of milk. Customize it to match your style on the Starbucks app. Make today a good day. Some people think September 24th, 1991 is the most prolific, most epic day in music history. In one day, the following groundbreaking albums were released. Nirvana's Nevermind, The Red Hot Chili Peppers' Blood Sugar Sex Magic. Sometimes I feel like I don't have a partner. Sometimes I feel like... The Pixies' Trompe la Monde. And A Tribe Called Quest's The Low End Theory. All in one day. But it wasn't just that particular day. Within a 60-day period during the late summer into the fall, Pearl Jam released its debut album, 10. Metallica released its most popular album, The Black Album. Guns N' Roses put out Use Your Illusion. And U2 released Octung Baby. Join us in this episode as we explore this and other incredible years of collective brilliance in music history. Welcome to the age-old question. I'm Rich Price. And I'm Clint Bierman. This show is sort of like car talk meets behind the music. Each episode deals with another question in music fandom. The kind of questions that Clint and I have been debating since we were in college. So today, with the help of some smart people, we're going to come up with the answer. All right, Clint, what's today's question? Today's question is, what is the greatest year in music history? That's the age-old question. Okay, before we get to 1991, because I know that collection of albums was big for you. Personally, yes. Let's go back a bit further, because there are other incredible periods in Mm. time for great music. May 16th, 1966, brought the Beach Boys' Pet Sounds and Bob Dylan's Blonde on Blonde. Mm -hmm. By the end of the summer, the Beatles had released Revolver. Those three albums are three of the most influential in music history. Pet Sounds, as we've discussed, had a massive influence on the Beatles. Here's Paul talking about it. But I think the big influence was uh, Pet Sounds, hmm. Beach Boys. That was the album Flip Me. Still does, actually. Still one of my favorite albums of all time. Hmm. Just because the musical invention on that is like, wow. 
But that was the big thing for me. I just thought, oh, dear me, this is the album of all time. What the hell are we going to do? So my ideas took off from that standard, and I wanted to do stuff beyond that. A highlight from Pet Sounds, the song that I sang at my wedding, one of our favorite songs. Oh, it's one of my favorites ever. God Only Knows. If you should ever leave me Will life still go on, believe me The world could show nothing to me So what good would living do me? God only knows what I'd be without you Blonde on Blonde was a breakthrough album for Bob Dylan. Here's a great quote from Jerry Garcia. Blonde on Blonde gave rock and roll the thing I'd wished it had had since I was a kid. Respectability. <laughs> the album features some of my favorite Dylan songs. Rainy Day Women number 12 and 35 which has been described as a demented marching band song with elaborate puns about pot. The weird title was because Dylan knew that a song called Everybody Must Get Stoned would never make it on the radio. But I would not feel so all alone Everybody must get stoned Other highlights for me include Visions of Johanna. Ain't it just like the night to play tricks when you're trying to be so quiet I want you I want you I want you yes I want you so bad stuck inside a mobile with the Memphis blues again oh mama can this really be the end to this stuck inside a mobile with the just like a woman. She takes just like a woman. Yes, she does. She makes love just like a woman. Pink Floyd's Roger Water described the album as a huge influence on him and the genre of prog rock. He said, Sad-eyed lady of the lowlands sort of changed my life. When I heard that, I thought, if Bob can do it, I can do it. Sad eyed lady of the lowlands, where the sad eyed prophet says that no man comes. The third album in that summer of 1966 was Revolver. We spent a lot of time talking about the Beatles on the show, and this could take us down a rabbit hole. But I'll make one quick detour on this album. After its release, Hit Parader. The magazine declared, Revolver represents the pinnacle of pop music. No group has been as consistently creative as the Beatles. Rather than analyze the music, we just suggest that you listen to Revolver three or four times a day and marvel. <laughs> That's awesome. Changing my life with a wave of What's your first pick for greatest year in music history? Really, the late 60s, early 70s is where you get the Evergreens, yes. the biggest albums, the biggest songs of all time. Yeah. I mean, I didn't even look past the late 90s. I didn't even look at any in 2000, personally, because we don't know 
if those are great years because it part of being great album is that it lasts. Right. So the durability. Again, with every age old question, we're gonna get people to be like, How could you not mention this album? This was the greatest album. But I didn't listen to that album. So I'm going through the things that for me were giant milestones in my life. Let's go through sixty seven. Can we just start it. there? Sergeant Peppers. One of the greatest albums of all time. Also that year. Jimi Hendrix releases two albums. Are You Experienced? And Bold is Love. Anger, he smiles, towering in shiny metallic purple armor. Queen jealousy envy waits behind him. Her fiery green gown snares at the grassy ground. Pink Floyd has their debut album, The Piper at the Gates of Dawn, just launched them onto the scene. The Doors released two albums. The Doors, their debut album. You know the day destroys the night. Night divides the day. Try to run, try to hide. Break on through to the other side. And Strange Days. People are strange when you're a stranger. Faces look ugly when you're alone. Cream releases Disraeli Gears. I've been waiting. Procol Harum releases Procol Harum with Whiter Shade of Pale, which is one of my top ten favorite songs of all time. So, 67 was a banging year. Incredible. Is it Beat 66? Well, it's interesting because, as you said, if not for this, then not that. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, of course. I've got seven weeks in 1968 here. Okay. You ready? Okay, go. This is from like October to December 1968. The third and final studio album from Jimi Hendrix Experience. Mm -hmm. Songs like All Along the Watchtower. There must be some kind of way out of here. Say the joker to the thief. The Beatles' White Album. Astral Weeks by Van Morrison. If I ventured in the slipstream Between the viaducts of your dream James Taylor's debut record. Right. In my mind I'm gone to Carolina Can't you see the sunshine? The Rolling Stones' Beggar's Banquet, songs like Sympathy for the Devil. Please allow me to introduce myself. I'm a man of will and taste. Street Fighting Man. Hey, think the time is right for And one of my favorites, Salt of the Earth. Drink to the lonely of earth. That's an incredible seven-week period. Seven weeks. Also in 68, Simon and Garfunkel bookends. Let us be lovers, we'll marry our fortunes together. I've got some real estate here in my bag. And they released The Graduate that same year. And here's to you, Mrs. Robinson. Jesus loves you more than you. 
two releases that year. That's the other thing, is that artists were putting out multiple releases in a year. You can't even believe it now. Looking like Pete, that just is unheard of. No one does that. No one does that. The rationale for releasing multiple albums in a year was building momentum for these artists. Now it's seen as like you've got to let each album breathe mm-hmm. and the marketing cycle for each of these releases is so much longer. Yep. And there's way more things being released right now. Also in 68, Aretha Franklin, Lady Soul. Johnny Cash does At Folsom Prison. That was a big one. We got married in a fever. And Marvin Gaye, I heard it through the grapevine. That was all 68. All right, what's your next nomination? So maybe my biggest of all is 1970. 1970. 1970 was a big year. Here's a couple highlights. Bridge Over Troubled Water, Simon and Garfunkel. Sail on, silver girl. Sail on by. Your time has come to shine. All your dreams are on their way. Neil Young, After the Gold Rush. Crosby, Stills, and Nash, Deja Vu. One morning, I woke up, and I knew it A new day, a new way, and new eyes. Black Sabbath, Paranoid. The Beatles, Let It Be. When I find myself in times of trouble, Mother Mary comes to me, speaking words of wisdom, let it be. Led Zeppelin Three. Van Morrison, Moon Dance. We were born before the wind. 1970. But then you get Derek and the Dominoes, Layla and other assorted love songs. Bell bottom blues, you make me cry. Miles Davis, Bitches Brew, which was a seminal album. Jimi Hendrix, Band of Gypsies. James Brown, Sex Machine. Grateful Dead released Working Man's Dead and American Beauty in 1970. 
Got my chips cashed in Keep trucking Like the doodah man Together More or less in line Just keep trucking On, on, on 70 is a big one for me personally. You know the concept of desert island discs? Like if you went to a yeah. desert island, what albums would you take? If you could only take one year, you could live a happy life on yep. that island. Yep. There's a lot of my favorite songs in 1970. All Things Must Pass by George Harrison was also released that year. During our episode about classic rock radio, Clint, we mentioned a study that suggested that 1973 was the peak of classic rock radio. Mm -hmm. That it's the year most represented by plays and listens on classic rock radio. So let's take a look at what came out that year, 1973. January brings Aerosmith's debut album, which includes Dream On, which has to be as great a rock song as there is. Mm Also that month, another incredible debut, Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band's Greetings from Asbury Park. Hey, bus driver, keep the change. Bless your children, give them names. Don't trust me. Okay, we're still in January. Little Feet's Dixie Chicken. I've seen the bright lights of Memphis and the Commodore Hotel. Elton John's Don't Shoot Me, I'm Only the Piano Player, which features Daniel. We're not out of January yet. We're still in January 1970. Bob Seger's Back in 72 is released with the single Turn the Page, which is a song that on a bunch of the top 10 lists, classic rock radio, this song was featured on those top 10 lists. Now we're moving to February. A classic album that a lot of people don't know but should and was one of my favorites. Big influence on subsequent generation of singer-songwriters. John Martin's Solid Air. go to March, we get Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon. Big one. Closing out that month, Zeppelin's Houses of the Holy. Mm-hmm. Hey lady, you got the love I need. And faces ooh la la. April brings Bob Marley's Catch a Fire. Here we go. 
Eagles Desperado. It's another tequila sunrise Staring slowly across the sky And Marshall Tucker Band's debut featuring Can't You See. Can't you see? Can't you see? What the Next month, May, brings Paul Simon's third album, There Goes Ryman Simon, with Kodachrome, Loves Me Like a Rock, Take Me to the Mardi Gras, Tenderness, and one of the most beautiful songs I've ever heard, American Tune. And I dreamed I was dying I dreamed that my soul rose unexpectedly And looking back down at me Alright, I just want to recenter us here, Clint. We're not even through the first half the of the first year. half of nineteen seventy three. July brings, for my bandmate Brian Chartrand's sake, we should mention Steely Dan album that's released that month, Countdown to Ecstasy, which features Razor Boy, The Boston Rag, Pearl of the Quarter. I like those songs, and I like Steely Dan's versions, but I actually think Brian's versions of those songs are better. So if you're interested, <laughs> check out his albums of Steely Dan covers called Home at Last. You are singing a song of the past I see no tears I know that you know it may be the last For many years You'd gamble or give anything to begin with The better half But how many friends must I have to August, Stevie Wonder releases Intervisions. Also in August, Skinner's album Pronounced Leonard Skinner, their debut album. If we're talking about classic rock radio, how about these songs? Give Me Three Steps. Simple Man. Tuesday's Gone. Man. And Freebird. Tomorrow, would you still remember me? 
and there's only like eight songs in the album, right? Like, it's Incredible. such a small, and all of those songs are played on the radio all the time. Also August, Marvin Gaye's Let's Get It On. Is there a better opening three notes to any song? On the last day of August, the Stones release Goat's Head Soup. Still to come in 1973, and I'll just go through them really quickly. Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. Huge album. Another Bob Marley album, Burnin'. Burnin'. Steve Miller's Joker. Some people call me the Space Cowboy. Yeah. Some call me the Gangster of Love. The Who's Quadrophenia. Billy Joel's Piano Man, John Lennon's Mind Games, and to close out the year, 1973, Paul McCartney and Wings, Band on the Run. There are probably people screaming at us right now for leaving out other albums from that year, but that is an incredible year, 1973. I'm screaming, because... Herbie Hancock releases Headhunters that year. Mm-hmm. And the Allman Brothers Band releases Brothers and Sisters. Ramblin' Man, Jessica, Wasted Words, Southbound. Those are great songs. Seven tracks. Yeah, 73 is high. ZZ Top releases Tres Hombres. And these are all... This is classic rock radio. This is all of these songs right. make up so much of what we grew up listening to. Oh, I don't. It, I mean, Dark Side of the Moon for me is the greatest album of all time. I've listened to that more than any other piece of music collection of music in my life. Without question, I think probably times 10. Wow. I've listened to that album all the time through college. I listen to that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's an interesting it's, question. What is the album you've listened to most in your life? Yeah, and for me, it's Dark Side of the Moon from 1973. So that puts 73 high up in my life. Yes. And I think at a certain point, we're going we're gonna to come to a conclusion. I hope we're going to do it, but I think we're going to come to a conclusion of what was the greatest year. Yeah universally for music yeah part of this conversation that we need to touch on is how is the music being delivered right is it vinyl and then eight track and then in the early to mid 80s like 83 it goes to cassette and so all of a sudden cassette is everywhere and people are listening to you can carry it around with you the sony walkman did you you have a sony walkman definitely had a Sony. yellow the yellow waterproof one yeah yeah and then you're talking, once you hit the 90s, then you're going CDs. You know, 
Let's call our buddy Jeff Simons. Love it. I know he'll have some thoughts on the best year in music history. Yeah. He'll know the answer. He'll know the answer. He'll know it. Hi, this is Jeff. Jeff, you got Rich and Clint. What's up, Jeff? Hey, hey, on the work phone. On the work? me down. I love it. We called the emergency bat phone. We need to know. So we're talking about the best year in music and wanting to okay. know what is your nominee. I'm going to go with the year of my birth, which is 1969, as the high point of the, of the rock and roll era. So 1969, this is the year of Abbey Road. This is the year... Here we got you ready? Yep. Yeah, ready? yeah. I got two things. First of all, the list of records. Abbey Road, Zeppelin II, Let It Bleed, Fly in the Family Stones, Stand, Everybody Knows This Is Nowhere, The Band, Live Dead, Miles Davis is in a silent way, Invents Trip Hop, uh, The Kinks put out Arthur, and The Who put out Tommy. But in addition to those 10 unbelievable records, 1969 is the year when the modern rock concert is solidified, right? And by, in 1966, the Beatles retire from live music playing a 25-minute set at Candlestick Park. By 1969, 1969 is the first year that rock bands go out touring with their own PA, hmm. and they don't use a sad little PA hanging from the ceiling for wrestling night in arenas. They actually like bring their own sound system. The Stones tour America, and they play a full 70-minute set. Um, that's where the Get Your Yaya's out comes, and, and the Grateful Dead's approach of playing all night in San Francisco goes mainstream. So in addition to 10 of the greatest records ever made, 1969 is the year, the first year that if you're a rock and roll fan, you can go see a band and it's being treated like a night out to see a work of art and not a pop show, not 14 bands each playing two songs with the headliner playing for 20 minutes. So for me, those two things together make 69 the year. Woodstock. And you know, it's funny you mentioned the Stones playing 70 minutes. You're right that in some ways that is like revolutionary. You think about when the Beatles played their last set in 1966 at Candlestick. The show is like 31 minutes. Yeah, no, it's nothing. Like it's it's nine songs, and you know you can't hear it, right? <laughs> you know that live at the Hollywood Bowl record. Like both nights, the show was 27 minutes long. Wow, total. The Stones are the first band people come to listen to. Mac Jagger tells the story of coming home from the '69 tour and having lunch with John Lennon. And Lennon's like, how can you stand it out on the road? And he's like, you don't understand. Like, they listen now. Like, you, they're sitting down. They're paying attention. Like, we sound great. You should try it. He's like, but by then, it was too far gone for them. Huh, you know? that's awesome. Well, Jeff, you've given us a great candidate for the best year in music, 1969. Jeff, thank you. Thanks, Jeff. You're welcome. I can't wait to hear who wins. I can't wait to hear if I'm right. <laughs> All right, talk to you soon. <laughs> Bye. Thank you, friend. Also that year, Crosby, Stills, and Nash debut album. Oh, yeah. Blind Faith, Creedence, Green River, Jesus. Well, he did know it. That might be the year. It's hard to beat 69. It is hard he to beat. He makes a strong case for it. He does.
but I think we should pop up to the 80s okay. because the 80s starts to get now we're into tapes we're into more mobile way to listen to music yep and I'd love to just wrap about 1983 okay give me the highlights of 1983 I mean there's almost too many to name but for you and I Huey Lewis in the News sports came oh, out in 1983 one of the greats of all time one of the greats of all time Madonna's debut album, The Police Synchronicity, U2 War, R.E.M. Murmur, Def Leppard Paranoia, Violent Femmes, Violent Femmes, that first Violent Femmes album. Oh, I love that album. Lionel Richie, Can't Slow Down, which is... Stevie Ray Vaughan releases Texas Flood, Ozzy Osbourne, Bark at the Moon, Billy Joel, An Innocent Man. That was a major year for me. I owned all of these tapes. But it feels different to have lived through that music than to sort of dis- yeah. rediscover that music. The wonder of it. The the era. Well, you mentioned 83. Yeah. 85. The first half of 85 was incredible. We, we saw Phil Collins' No, no Jacket, Jacket Required. Whitney Houston's debut album. Which was huge. Which was massive. Huge. Tom Petty and the Heartbreaker, Southern Accents. Yep. Oh, I love this. Dire Straits, Brothers in Arms. And Sting's first solo album, which you and I both like, Dream of the Blue Turtles. Yes. I think you're right, though, to talk about like format changes having an impact and being significant part of how we think about this question of the greatest year in music history. Because when you had a vinyl album, you couldn't listen to it in your car. Right. You couldn't listen to it in another room. You had to be at the record player. You had to be stationary, whereas you could be mobile as the format changes, which changes, right? You listen to way more music when you can listen to it not sitting in front of your record Totally. Player. It's funny. I heard this morning on the radio, Yes's Owner of a Lonely Heart, whatever. Yeah, Owner of a Lonely Heart. I have a very vivid memory of where I was when I first listened to that song. Yeah. And so it, you're right. It's connected to a time and a place. Yeah, and that sound. There's a sound in that song. Like, what is that sound? Well, we started this conversation talking about that day in 1991 when an incredible number of game-changing albums were released. But the entire year of 1991 is incredible as well. Yeah, go through it. So we've got Pearl Jam, Guns N' Roses, Nirvana, Soundgarden, Metallica, The Pixies, U2. But it also brought R.E.M.'s Out of Time. Which was their Lose, biggest hit. Losing My Religion was 
huge. Other albums from that year, Sting Soul Cages. Love that Another album, album you yeah. and I enjoy. Yeah. I looked out across the river today. Saw a city in the fog and an orchard tower where the seagulls play. Bonnie Raitt's Luck of the Draw came out in June 91. Tom Petty's Into the Great Wide Open. Oh, that. Oh, I love that one. Me too. Well, I started out down a dirty road. Started out all alone. And the sun went down. August of 91, PM Don's album with that song. Set adrift on a memory bliss of you. Set adrift oh, on I, memory bliss. I know of every you. word to that song. That is a great song. Also, that month, for our buddy Peter Day, we should mention the Spin Doctor's Pocket Full of Kryptonite. In 91? Yeah. Another one from this category, also in August 91, Toad the Wet Sprockets album Fear, which had the song Walk on the Ocean. I love that. Remember that? We spotted the ocean, the head of the trail, where I'm going. See, this is part of it is that we were in high school. It's true. So it plays. Remember many episodes ago we talked about the songs you hear between the ages of like 14 and 17 are the songs that sort of define your musical aesthetic. Yes. And that is it for us. 91 is like right in the wheelhouse. A few days after the Toad the Wet Sprockets album, Naughty by Nature's self-titled second album comes out with the classic OPP. OPP. How can I explain it? I'll take it frame by frame it. To have y'all on jump and shout and say it. Oh, it's for other P. It's for people scratching the temple. The last P, well, that's not that simple. Huh. It's sort of like a well another Also for Peter Day. But for me, by far, my favorite album from that year is Octung Baby. Yep. That's a great, great record. Is it getting better? Do you feel the same? A totally different record for them, too. And think about looking at it right now at the big list. Metallica, the Black Album, Use Your Illusion, Nevermind, 10. These are some hard records, right? Like, the tides have changed. It's now like we're entering the grunge era. We're entering heavy, distorted guitars. We're coming out of uh, hair metal, right? And now it's more like... But then, out of time, Octane Baby. And then Blood Sugar Sex Magic is a, a seminal album, a game-changing album in the world, right? Like, maybe it was just me in Indiana, but that was an amazing no, thing that I've never heard before. It was like rap, rock, funk, and, you know, again, Rick Rubin. I was going to say, produced by Rick yeah. Rubin. I wonder how many Rick Rubin did that year. <laughs> so, because we like data and studies... yeah. Let's look at some data compiled by Stacker in its piece, Ranking the Best and Worst Years in Music History. 
They ranked each year by how many albums from each year gets included in best of lists. Oh, that's a good way to do it. Whether that's Rolling Stone's Top 100, Pitchfork's Top 100, it's Top 5, starting with number 5. 1973, for all the reasons we mentioned. Yep. Number 4, 94. Which was? Top-ranked album from that year, Jeff Buckley's Grace. Okay. Which we discuss in episode 20 about the greatest singers of all time. Number three on Stacker's list of best years, 1967. You talked about Aretha, Jimi Hendrix, The Doors, Sgt. Pepper. It's getting better all the time. Number two on their list, 1971. Led Zeppelin IV, John Lennon's Imagine, Aretha's version of Bridge Over Troubled Water, Bill Withers' Ain't No Sunshine. Yep. Ain't no sunshine when she's gone. And she's always gone too long. Anytime she goes away. Number one, based on compiling all of these lists yep. of top albums. They agree with Jeff Simons. 69. 1969. And we haven't even touched on hip hop, right? So there. You're right. We're very we're focused. Very focused on rock and roll. Yep. What we understand yes. as great rock and roll. So here's the thing. There's no doubt that we missed some oh my God. great years. Yes. We want to hear from you. What did we miss? We'll include this in a follow-up episode. Yeah. If you like the show, please subscribe and follow. Give us a review and share this podcast with a friend. Yeah. That's how we'll grow it. Well, what do you, go. Tell me what, what year. You're picking it right now. Greatest year in music history for Rich Price. I'm going to say 1973. Okay. I am going to say... For me, I'm going to say 1991. I am just going to say 1991. I'm going to because that's right where we started. Right where we started. Right where we started. And as much as I looked at this list and I love every single thing that I wrote down, nothing has inspired me more than 1991. And what a time to be in high school and to have that music. Yeah. Would it be my favorite year? If you weren't in high school. It's interesting. Would you be who you are? Right. If not for the music that came out in 1991. Wow. Real talk, though. Real talk. Yeah. It is the influence. If you want to understand you, Clint Bierman, you can't understand you without listening to the music that came out in 1991. Yes. Am I right? That's exactly... (laughs) For better or worse, yes. That's exactly it. Look, I think we did it. I think we did, too. I think we did it. I think we did it. And if we didn't, people will tell us. People will tell us. We hope you had fun, as much fun as we did, and we hope you'll join us next time when we answer another age-old question. Follow us on Instagram at The Age Old Question. Facebook, The Age Old Question. We hope this conversation has sparked some ideas and thoughts of your own. Let us know in the comments. But let's be kind, people. Yeah. No hating. No hating.
92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial.